Hey guys, welcome back to the Gym Dog Podcast. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Today it's just me. I'm running solo. Um, Pat has had some uh, things going on. His, his schedule's kind of packed. Uh, he's being a little bit of a nerd and getting his master's degree. So he's, uh, he's got some statistics homework to deal with. And, uh, we just haven't been able to meet up uh, to, get a, to get an episode banged out. So uh, I figured I would just kind of ramble on for a little bit um you know ufc 215 was a was a pretty big card it was uh at least it was supposed to be a bit bigger than um than it ended up being um with uh with ray borg pulling out of the the main event uh, with demetrius johnson um you know and and then uh amanda nunez and valentina had a great fight um dos años Performed wonderfully. Uh, Sejudo uh, did as well. Uh, there were really some uh, some great performances on the card, and uh, I didn't want to miss the opportunity to go over it. So, um, you know, diving right back into uh, Borg getting sick and pulling out. Um, it's one of those things that I he's got a pass. He's got a history of missing weight. He's got a history of pulling out of fights. But as someone who's done this, um, as someone who has 39 professional fights um, and has fought in the UFC as many times as anybody else has, um, I know that every experience is different. Every single one of these weight cuts, every single one of these fight camps uh, is different. And I have to give the kid the benefit of the doubt. You know, um, like I said, he's he's kind of set himself up for... Uh, for some trash talk and set himself up to, to kind of have to take the the brunt of this one. But I just don't know. I mean, if he had a, if he had a viral infection, he had a viral infection and unfortunately, um, training hard for a fight leaves you really vulnerable to stuff like that. Um, I've definitely fought on more than one occasion, uh, just finishing up, um, uh, uh, you know, course of antibiotics, uh, during fight week, you know, and, and, uh, and I've had to deal with that in the past myself. And, um, it's, it's kind of just luck of the draw that I've, I was able to overcome it and, and either continue to, you know, just take the fight and not have to pull out, uh, and sometimes win. I think most of those ones I won that I that was sick like that. So, um, and I've also been sick and not even known it. So, uh, it's just kind of one of those things that you, unfortunately you have to deal with it and, until until you've kind of lived it until you've kind of done it enough times um you you just i just don't think you you fully grasp everything that's kind of going on and and it really doesn't even have to do 100% with the weight cut itself you know a weight cut is losing the water weight in the last you know 2 days or whatever um even just dieting you know and being in a, a caloric deficiency and training the way that we train beats you up. It takes a lot out of you. Um, and it leaves you really, really vulnerable, um, for things. So, um, you know, it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, Demetrius lost out on that opportunity to, to continue his streak. Um, you know, uh, I, I didn't like the wording that said that, you know, his, his, uh, 
his run for you know history ends with with Borg pulling out. I, I didn't really like that. Um, it kind of just gets postponed. But uh, you know, it sucks for Demetrius. It sucks for Borg because um, now he might not get an opportunity for a little bit. He might have to uh, to go back to to fighting his way up for it. Um, so it's really just a crappy situation all around for everybody involved. Um, you know, and it sucks when it happens. But uh yeah, I I I feel like I have to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, unfortunately. And and like I said, <laughs> it's it's an unfortunate thing because I know what goes on. I've lived it. Trust me. <laughs> um you know, so so uh what was supposed to be the co main event moved up to the main event status, and that was uh Amanda versus Valentina and and um Here's another fight that people are criticizing the champion for going out and winning. Um, you know, it was a close fight, and that's just the way that it is with close fights is some people feel it goes one way and some people feel it goes another way. And and uh, I thought it, that it could go either way. So it doesn't disappoint me hearing Amanda's name. Um, and that's just the way that close fights are. And And... If the fight wasn't close, if Valentina destroyed her, and then you hear Amanda's name, then there's something to get fired up about and riled up about. But uh, it was definitely a close fight, um, so I'm I'm okay with uh, with the decision. Um, you know, I saw a, I saw a post uh, a couple uh, couple journalists um, kind of criticizing the the environment that seems to have been created um, around the champions, and and that it's it's more lucrative for them and it's, uh, it's just a better option for them to go out and, and to just squeak by, you know, and, and get the victory as opposed to going out and being dominant. And, and that's totally the case. Um, the way that the sport has been, uh, kind of shaped, um, is that being reckless, being aggressive and being exciting aren't as rewarding as winning uh you know and it doesn't matter how many points you win the super bowl by you're still the super bowl champ um and it it doesn't matter how you win and defend your ufc title as long as you defend it you're still the ufc champ uh if if aggression and you know reckless fighting tactics were were rewarded uh i would be one of the highest paid fighters on the roster right now um you know so and i'm and i'm sure as shit not so uh it's uh it definitely has uh that that type of situation definitely has been created and and i can't blame any of these fighters for going out and and just doing enough to win it's not my style it's not what i do in there but i understand why they're doing it and i i totally totally understand that they have uh, a reason to go out and fight just to barely win and just to fight conservatively um, because that really is the, the environment that has been created. And, and uh, you know, I've definitely said it before. I, I, I would have, I would have a nice house, <laughs> a much nicer house. Uh, if, uh, if, if reckless abandon was rewarded um but I don't. So uh, that's just something that I personally have to live with. Uh, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, 
but it's still, like I said, it still comes down to getting that win, getting that W, and, and your your contract goes on, your ability to make more money, your uh, your legacy improves with that win. People forget about the way that it happened in a year. You know, uh, as they say, the mob is fickle. So uh, it, it really doesn't matter. It's, people are just going to look back and see the W, and that's all that matters. Um, so the, the, you know, the, the talk, the trash talk that's been talked about, Amanda and the way that she won and, and uh, Woodley and the way that he defended his title, um, you know, it, it'll disappear rather quickly, and that's just the way that it goes. And, and uh, they both won. They're still both UFC champions, and, and that's, uh, that's something special. So, you know, the, you got to do what you got to do. Um, speaking of, uh, of UFC champions and, and former uh, UFC champion, um, Rafael Dos Anjos had a beautiful, absolutely be- beautiful performance against Neil Magny, and, and uh, hats off to him, man. He, he's looking really good at 170. He's really comfortable. Um, and uh, I, I can, I can really, you know, appreciate that. I, I can get behind that. I, I like seeing, I like seeing guys perform. I like seeing guys feel feel good. You can tell when so, somebody feels normal on fight day. And uh, you know, he he definitely looks like he's put on a little bit of weight, but uh, I don't think the weight cut is is nearly as bad for him at 170. So um, you know, hats off to him, and and, and hopefully he can keep uh, keep some momentum going. Um, because Magny's definitely not an easy, an easy out for anybody at 170 pounds. Um, uh, Sujudo and and Hayes. I mean, uh, that was uh that was another great performance. Um, you know, Henry's Henry's got uh, he's got a lot of potential. It's that division is really tough to um. I don't know. It's it's tough to it's tough to see what's going to happen because Johnson has been so dominant in his reign as champion. Uh, you know, I know that I know that Henry is uh, a talented fighter, but uh, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I mean, he's 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 kind of got to get the shot, and you know, unfortunately, Borg kind of missed the boat on his. Um, but, uh, I mean, the thing is, is Henry's only coming off of, you know, he lost to Johnson, he lost to Benavides, uh, you know, and then, but then he's got this win against Hayes and, and the, the division is kind of sloppy right now. Uh, that really clear contender needs to come out and and I don't think it was Borg. I, I mean I, I honestly I thought that he kind of got pushed to the pushed to the front of the pack a little bit because he's young and um you know had a couple wins and uh you know I, I'm I'm not sure if he was 100% deserving but uh that was a fight that was that was talked about and and that was offered to him uh was the fight was offered to to Demetrius is what I'm getting at. Um so he took it, you know, and, and, and I, I kind of, uh, I have to agree with, with Johnson's take on, on the way that, uh, you know, everything went down with, with Dillashaw saying to come down, um, you know, 
he he stood his ground and it it ended up biting him a little bit here because he missed a payday and and uh and all those things but uh for somebody that's never made the weight before to come in and, and get the title shot i'm i'm just not i'm not really uh for that so um i think that borg was definitely a more deserving uh fight for johnson but that's a little tangent um so yeah, I'd I'd like to see that that division kind of get sorted out a little bit, but Johnson also needs to fight and defend it. Um, there were a couple other really good fights on the card, um, and I just lost it. There we go. Um, Stevens, Jeremy Stevens, put on a heck of a performance against Bill, uh, Gilbert Melendez. Um, Melendez showed heart. That he's we've always known he's had um, dealing with a leg injury and, and continuing to fight, uh, but yeah, Jeremy Jeremy beat that that leg up and and uh, those calf kicks calf kicks are uh, they're brutal because they hurt both of you and uh, it's one of those things that when you're dishing it out you deal with the pain a little bit more. So, uh, you know, it kind of, it kind of takes a, takes a little bit of guts to do it. Um, you know, and to keep ripping, because I guarantee you that after a couple of those, his shin was starting to get a little tender. And, uh, I bet you, I bet you, you know, uh, a pretty penny that, that his shin was a little lumped up and still is lumped up to this, to this day. And, and, uh, you know, it's going to be tender. Um, because of what we've what we do as MMA fighters and you know um we don't have the ability to condition our shins like tie fighters um you know the ties they they're kicking hard things from the time that they're 5 years old um so by the time they're a you know 30 year old man their their shins are seriously like baseball bats um and the way that it kind of goes with us at least this generation of fighter um is that you kind of get into it and then you start developing those other skills and uh you learn to kick but you learn to kick before you've really conditioned that shin up and and uh my shin is permanently misshapen because of it and i mean that was really from the first the first fight with joe lozon uh i think i I kicked him to the inside of the calf uh, at least a dozen times and uh, then jumped right into a training camp for Pat Healy and, and continued to use it through the camp and into the fight. And uh, it's still it's still lumpy and, you know, still tender. And if I hit it in the right way, it, it still hurts. But uh, it's just kind of the way that it goes. It's, it's definitely gotten harder over the years from continuing to, to kick. But, uh Yeah. I I enjoy that technique because it really nobody likes it. Nobody likes getting kicked in the in the in the calf and in the shin. Um, you know, it's a lot easier or it's a lot harder rather to uh, to get taken down off of it as well. So um, it's a it's a pretty nasty technique. Um, yeah. So you know the the card was 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 good you know it was still even missing what was supposed to be the main event it was still a still a good card still some really good fights on it and uh 
you know, I, I think that a couple of the performances really stood out and, and uh, you know, Stevens and, and uh, Dos Anjos were, were definitely two of the guys that really stood out in my my personal opinion. Um, we've got uh, this weekend, we've got a UFC fight night in Pittsburgh, um, main evented by Luke Rockhold and, and David Branch. Um, this should be a, an interesting fight because both of these guys are dangerous. You know, they're, they're both, uh, they're both really good on the ground and they're both good strikers. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for this fight, um, as a fan, you know, to get to watch it. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's got potential, you know, to be, to be an exciting one. It's got potential to end quickly. Um, We'll see where it goes. Excuse me. Um, co-main event. Mike Perry versus Tiago Alves. Uh, definitely rooting for Tiago in this one. You know, uh, you know he's back up at seventies and and uh, hopefully kind of find him, found himself. You know, and and he's really he's a good dude and he's somebody that I've been a fan of for a long time and and having the opportunity to fight him. Um, you know, it's cool. I, I I really enjoy I really enjoy getting to share the octagon with guys that I have uh a respect for and I'm a fan of. Um you know, and it uh it's really I don't know. It's really cool. You know, it's uh it brings out the best in me and, and um yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. I hopefully hopefully Tiago is, uh puts on the performance that that I know he, that I know that he can, you know. Um Lombard's fighting Smith, uh Anthony Smith. Um we'll see what what Hector Lombard shows up. Fortunately, we really don't know sometimes. But uh a couple other good fights on this card. Um So, yeah, it's another another pretty good card. I'm going to be I'm going to be down in Philadelphia on Saturday. Um so I'm not sure if I'm going to get the opportunity to watch this. I might be able to. Probably going to be an early night. My wife is running in the uh, rock and roll, the Philly rock and roll half marathon on Sunday. Um, so I might not be out of the bar, uh, or I might just be out of the bar uh, watching this one down in, down in Philly. So we'll see. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. Um, maybe if you're from the area, we'll uh, we'll meet up, have a beer together. Um, I've got a wedding on Friday night, so I'm probably going to be having a a little bit of the hair of the dog. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. We'll see, uh, we'll see where I'm at to be able to watch it. It is on Fox Sports One, so maybe I'll watch it in the room, but that won't be any fun. So. Yeah, so the 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 half marathon my wife is running the uh Philadelphia Rock and Roll Half Marathon. Um and she's being sponsored by the Global Lime Alliance. Um so she's raising money um well, she's she's running for the Global Lime Alliance and she's asking for your sponsorship. Is I guess probably the better way to word it. Um so she's running to to raise money and to build awareness for Lyme disease, um, which uh, affects 
you know, 329,000 people a year, something like that. Um, you know, and it's got no effective treatment. It's got no, uh, no effective test for it. Um, and really it's, it's a, it's an indiscriminate disease, an indiscriminate, you know, bacteria. Uh, and, you know, anyone can get it from, from kids to, uh, the elderly, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's in all 50 States now. Um, France has had a, a, a pretty decent epidemic with it. They, uh, they've actually really, um, made some strides to, to make people more aware of ticks and the ability for the ticks to, to spread Lyme disease. Um, and I wish that the U S would get behind that. And, and, uh, the, you know, the GLA is a, is a, an organization that is, that's trying to, to help bring more awareness and, and, you know, fund research. And, um, there, there are a couple out there, a couple of these other organizations out there that are trying, trying to fight Lyme disease. And, uh, uh, and it's, uh, I think it's really important, honestly. And that's not only coming from somebody that, that has it, you know, I, I, uh, I've met more people since since I publicly uh you know said that I that I had it when I when I came out with it uh right after UFC 200 um I I've met an incredible amount of people that I know that I thought I knew better uh that have had it and had to deal with it and and uh, you know it's uh it's a pain in the butt the biggest thing is catching it early, um, you know, being aware of that ticks, you know, being aware that ticks are pretty much out basically year round um, throughout the U.S. And, and um, you know, if you find one on you and you find a bitch, it's, it's not about finding a bullseye rash on you. It's not about, um, you know, it just specifically being a deer tick even, uh, and Lyme disease can be spread by mosquito bites at this point. So, um, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those things that you just have to be aware of it and, and, uh, you know, check your kids, make sure your pets are up to date on their, their flea and tick, uh, medication and, and, uh, you know, just keep, keep it out there. Keep talking about it. Keep, bringing awareness to it so that um, it gets more federal funding. Uh, you know, the CDC puts more money towards it. The CDC puts, um, I believe, less than a hundredth of the money towards Lyme disease research as it does to, to the Zika virus. And, you know, as, as fucked up as the Zika virus is, um, it's only affected a handful of Americans. Um, you know, and, and you're looking at at this point, like millions of people that have been affected by Lyme disease. So it definitely is an epidemic that needs to get more, uh, more attention. So, um, I will share the link again to, to my wife's page. This, this podcast should be up, uh, later today. It is Wednesday. So, um, I'll share the link again. And, uh, if you, are so kind as to, to, uh, to help out and, and, and donate a little bit and, and, uh, 
all that money's going to the GLA, which is then going to, you know, fund fund research and and uh, really kind of beat this, beat these little buggers. Um, yeah, so I appreciate that. Anybody that has donated and, and anybody that will, um, really appreciate that. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, so <sighs> we're going to go from, you know, fighting to, 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 you know, the serious stuff, the, the Lyme disease and, you know, something that masquerades as pretty much any other disease on the planet if you, if it wants to, um, now we're, now we're going to talk about a little hunting. I got out. Uh, I got out. Opening day. Um, the D's. The D's and I got out, and uh, we had seen the night before, uh, right after dinner. Um, I had two two deer come out into the pasture behind me, um, a buck and a doe, a little four pointer and a doe, and they stayed around. We ended up as we were going to the stand the following morning. We bumped into them. And then they came right in to our uh to our you know uh our block and uh and pinch point and um or the killer cube as it's called the killer cube um they came right in and they kind of knew something was a little bit up uh the, the the stand had been up for a little bit not too long and then you throw two two dudes up in there um they were not totally uh relaxed which is not cool because that means that any big deer is not going to come around but um it is uh earn a buck right now so i i could have shot the doe i just never really got an opportunity um she was kind of right on top of us before uh i was certain that it was a doe so so i didn't shoot her but uh i'm itching to now i'm itching to because i'm looking for some venison get some venison on the grill and and uh smoke up some tenderloins and make some sausage and uh some venison burgers i'm 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 my mouth is watering just thinking about it right now actually uh me personally i enjoy i enjoy the work that's involved i i prefer to do uh you know any of the the the, the processing um of 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 an animal uh i prefer to do it myself i've got a meat grinder i've got quite a few things uh you know commercial butchering butchering tools and stuff like that so um i have the ability i have uh the means and uh sometimes i have the time so i enjoy it i that's what i that's one of my favorite parts is taking something you know taking uh a lump of meat and turning it into you know bratwurst or turning it into kabasi um jerky you know, really anything, and, and uh, then sharing it with people, um, and knowing that I saw the animal alive, and I s- hopefully witnessed, you know, a uh, them perishing quickly, uh, because that is definitely one of the goals um, is to make it as quick as possible, and and then you know, knowing where that meat is, the the entire time I, I do bring uh venison to you know some of the the local butchers that'll that'll make um you know hot dogs and stuff like that for me sometimes the hot dogs are they're pain in the butt because they're the small casings and it really does take a lot a long time to do them but uh 
I, I, I just prefer it that way. I prefer to know from, you know, it's from, from hoof to plate, you know, from, from knock to fork where that animal was. And, and, uh, there really is, uh, there really is, it, it, it adds to the, there's more satisfaction in that meal, knowing the work that's, that's been done, being involved in the work that's been done. Um, it's the same thing as growing your own vegetables. Um, you know, that same satisfaction, a, a, a garden grown tomato is going to taste better than any tomato you're going to find at the grocery store. And that's just, that's just straight up facts, honestly. And if you've never gardened before, you, you probably won't understand, but it really is the truth. And it, and it, uh, it, it doesn't matter, you know, like, uh, from, from, green beans to, to anything that, that anything that comes out of my garden just always tastes better. I had picked, I picked, a, uh, probably about 10 ears of corn. Um, I threw in a, a box of corn this year and, and, uh, didn't get that much out of it. Um, you know, I still got a couple, couple ears to, to pick. Um, but, uh, the corn was young. It was not the most tender, Damn, was it delicious. <laughs> um, and that's just, I don't know, there's just something to it. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a little bit of a, a placebo effect in the fact that, uh, that I know the effort that's gone into it. And I, I mixed the cow manure into that dirt myself and, and uh, you know, got it under my fingernails and stuff like that that, that uh, somehow messed with my brain. But, um, yeah, the tomatoes, the, the peppers, the the corn, everything that's coming out of the garden this year is, is fantastic. Just like every other year. Yield's not that high. Uh, I don't have a very big garden where I could provide for my family with it, unfortunately. It's kind of one of my goals um, is to be able to, like, homestead, um, at least to a a, a greater degree. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's just uh, there's, a, there's a satisfaction to it. You know, it's um, being able to do something for yourself and doing something for your family, uh, there's just a, there's just a satisfaction to it. And, um, many times I've bought either produce or meat from the grocery store and was not happy with the quality of it. Um, all too often I've, I've gotten London broils or steaks or ground beef and you get home, you unwrap it, and, you know, it's been packaged in CO2 or whatever it is, or CO, whatever they're, uh, they're putting one of those gases in there. Um, and it makes it turn pink. And, you know, I've made jerky out of uh, London broils and stuff like that that I've bought. And sometimes you take this raw piece of meat that's nice, nice and pink on the outside, looks like it should be good, and you slice into a raw piece of meat, and it is brown on the inside. And that pisses me off. More than just about anything, I've I've actually told my wife that there are certain grocery stores around us that she's not allowed to, to shop at because it's happened way too many times there. Um, so being able to harvest uh, harvest an animal, um, you know, that's uh, that's gotten the opportunity to live a free life and and not been caged up and not been you know uh, fed things that it didn't want to eat or wasn't supposed to eat. Um, and being able to provide for my family with that is a, it's a 
it's a really neat thing in my opinion, and and uh, I'm going to continue to do it. So, um, since it's just me and there's not much, uh, there's really nobody to talk to. You could probably hear the dogs walking around in the background, and they don't they don't uh, they don't conversate that well, except when there's a bear outside and they go off uh, bonkers. But I'm going to keep it short today. Right about a half an hour. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in and uh, catch us next time. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to the Jim Miller Podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast so that we can keep bringing you more. Also, check out JimMillerMMA.com to stay up to date with everything that's going on. Thanks.